and welcome to Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast, that one where Lily and Hannah go A to X through grunge, indie, alt-rock, pop, movies, soundtracks, TV and general generation Catalano goodness. Hello Lily, how are you doing? I'm very well, how are you? I'm very good. We're doing a rare daytime thing, so if uh, any of the local construction sounds come at you, or maybe, maybe bin guys, or you know, noisy neighbours, apologies, sorry about that. Makes a change from the night birds, doesn't it? It does, and we've switched Keeping our. Keeping it fresh, <laughs> we switched our gin, gin for tea, <laughs> a little bit tamer yeah, today. You'll be relieved to know you make we're a not good day cuppa. drinking. <laughs> oh, cheers, mate! There's some jammy dodges there, although uh, as my as my son calls them, the Aldi um, ripoffs. I'm like, it's not a ripoff; it's just their brand, its own brand, and he's like, no, it's it's. It's a rip-off. I see what you're doing here, though. You're still on that silly no-carb diet, aren't you? So you've just left them there for me. <laughs> you're just turning into one of these feeders, aren't you? I'll have one if you do, love. Otherwise, they're staying there. Well, then I guess gesture. they're not getting opened. <laughs> <laughs> I've just glugged back my tea as well. Do you I know have. I, I have. Was, I um, wish I hadn't now. Just remind me, I was I was doing a big catch-up on, on pods um, uh, over the past uh, few days. And... Um, uh, one of the juvenilia recent juvenilia episodes they were talking about when tea is at the you know absolute optimum temperature how that's just the the best thing and um that that was great it's gone although i was watching on gogglebox that um and they're all watching a tv show about making tea and apparently that it's not supposed to be boiling and everyone's up in arms and i have to say i was like definitely heard the opposite of that you know i watched a whole pro- maybe it's just british people that do this I watched a whole TV show about how they test the tea, you know, and they've got all the cups lined up. Oh, yes, I've seen that one. <laughs> you've seen that too, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with British people that we're so obsessed with tea? But I was like, that's definitely not true. That's a complete lie. And, you know, the whole milk before tea debate, you know. Absolutely it, not. This is recently solved because, well, recently in terms of, you know, my grandparents always had tea leaves in a teapot. Fair enough, if you want to put your milk in first, then you can put the milk away, blah, blah, blah. Fine. If you want to do that, I disagree, but, you know, you can. But these days, you know, everyone uses tea bags, which is probably slowly killing us from whatever the hell's in those tea bag papers, which probably isn't anything good, but anyway. Um, then why would you put the milk in before then? Yeah, that you need to... You, yeah, you need to see the colour change before your eyes. You can't do exactly. that. Exactly. You can't gauge it properly. Absolutely. You know, and that's... That's why they're wrong. <laughs> and wasn't the milk before the tea anyway? Because it, like, when you were using, you know, fine bone china, you had to exactly. Otherwise, it would crack the cup. Speaking of which, I cracked, and and it wasn't. Maybe I should have put the milk in first. I cracked my favourite Manic Street Preachers mug the other day. <sighs> Devastating. I could just, I, I heard it as God the water is. went in. So it's my my pen pot now. I couldn't well, chuck it. It survives to so, see another day. So how old was the uh, cup? Oh gosh, um, I can't remember which door that was from, but I'd say it's pff, at least 20 years old. Not bad. It's a 90s mug. I've literally never had a mug that long, so my Gen I, X tip, mug. I tip my hat to you. And on that note, Hannah, because I feel like we're going to talk about hats a lot. <laughs> what are we doing today? Oh, the long-awaited, <laughs> unplugged, Pearl Jam unplugged this time. So we're going to go, so much of that, we're going to go back to midnight, March 16th, 1992. Midnight? I didn't see that. It was recorded at midnight, apparently. Really? Oh, and I think it was actually, oh, I meant to go back and do a little bit more research, I forgot this bit. I think it was recorded after they'd done two other MTVs. And yes. it was like, I don't know, who I know Celine who Dion was. or some, some Mariah? Who, it it's was someone, Mariah, is it Mariah and Boys to Men, which is... That's hilarious yeah. and when you think as well at that point like boys to men were sort of a bit you know at the the, the peak of their game mm. that's what you want to call it i definitely remember uh theirs were seen as real bangers at the school disco like you absolutely know, yeah with the you know everyone standing around and then you know the individual guys getting in the center and like yeah boys to men were definitely up there and a firm favorite for the slow dance where you know you put your hand, you know. Oh yeah, just the most bleh, uncomfortable bleh. moment of the night. Yeah, yeah. Ne- never my bag to be honest, boys to men. But orcs. Let's just say if we'd had that um, verbiage back in the day, we certainly have used it for the well, school disco and boys to men. <laughs> Actually, my school. I'm sure we talked about this before. My school discos. A lot of them tended to be um, more than words, extremes, more than words. Yeah, no, I mean, there were definitely several different, you know, let's slow it down yeah, now, absolutely. and, uh, you know, mm, eek, 
Anyway, shall we? Shall we jump right in, or do we want a little bit more? Let's jump right in. Okay. Because I was going to briefly, you know, the first thing on my playlist is someone called Sid Straw. Hey, do you that? know why? I, I know. I don't. <laughs> never heard the name Sid Straw, and I'm sorry. Apparently, there's a band. Is it? Is it something Palomino's? And uh, she, it's a she. Sid um, is a she. Sid is a she. And like she Sydney. has the uh, distinction of being one of the first people to ever do an unplugged. Oh, okay. So this is Sid. She was on the first one in 1989 with Squeeze. Oh, cool. And Elliot, Elliot, sorry, Easton. Lead guitarist and backing vocalist for the cars. Oh wow. Well, I went down uh, this is not Sid, this is Mark Rebo. But she's on this track. This was the most popular one, and that's why I decided to put it on. So you're giving us a bit of MTV unplugged background, is that? I was gonna try and do that, I'm trying to find Sid here. We're gonna knock that she is. I'm yeah, so I guess she was a big deal. Back in the day in 1989, but sadly, Sid, um, you know, we're not really um, sure who you are anymore. Well, at least not our generation. But uh, apparently, she was like to to uh, clarify who she was. It was like Sid Straw, daughter of Jack Straw, the actor. And I was like, um, <laughs> not, still the, no. not the ex-British Home <laughs> Secretary or Foreign Secretary. What was Jack? No, yeah, there was a little disambiguation uh, over at Wikipedia when I checked him out. <laughs> Funny that you should mention that. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that Jack Straw. He'd completely just exited my brain in the best of oh, ways. His, his son was one of my contemporaries at university. We were sabbatical officers together. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a claim to fame. Will Straw told me that I should run for a US president one day. <laughs> Didn't want to. Uh, well, Happy anyway, in case you were wondering, Jack Straw, actor, uh, is known for the 1959 film The 40-Foot Bride of Candy Rock. And it's anyone's guess what on earth uh, that is about. Sorry, was that a movie? It is a 1959 movie. Sounds yes. very much like a B-movie. This is his uh, thing. And the other guy, Elliot Easton, who was the lead guitarist and backing vocalist for The Cars, um, is uh, one of Slash's, Guns N' Roses Slash's influences as guitarist, which is refreshing because I feel like we always just hear Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know? Yeah. Or Jimi Hendrix. You know, nothing wrong with that, but like it's kind of interesting to hear someone new. So anyway, this all happened on November 26th in 1989. And that was the very first Unplugged. And now we've gotten that taken care of. Let's jump in. Let's jump into Oceans. So yeah, they basically tagged on uh, Pearl Jam at the end because they were trying to save money. And they were like, yeah, these guys have only had one single, but looks like they're gonna be pretty big. So we'll shove them on there and uh, hope for the best. They were right. Yeah, I mean, is Mariah, she active these days? Does she? Put anything out? Or not? I, I don't, don't think she needs to now, does she? Like, she just rolls it in every Christmas again. Didn't she do some weird Christmas thing? Oh, I'm sure she's still knocking about doing those like things. I don't know. Mariah's Christmas special or something. It was very cringe. My cousin-in-law, um, Lovely Sphere, is like the biggest Mariah Carey fan ever. So I'm not allowed to say anything unpleasant about Mariah. Interesting. I had Mariah's first album. I'm sorry, I did. i got to admit it. It was 1990. Apology accepted. I mean... <laughs> I, I know she's, I had a vision of love. Come on. She's lots of people's cup of tea, just just not mine. I don't listen to it now, but I did have it, along with Beverly Craven. Oh, oh I didn't mind Beverly a bit Craven. of Beverly Craven. Uh, just as long as you don't make me listen to any Mariah Rumbler. Do you mean Promise Me? Oh, boom. Oh. I know. So, sorry about that. Listen to this live and it's gorgeous. Just Eddie's voice on this entire record. This performance, should I say. So yeah, let's let's jump right in there with the hats. So uh, it's where, like, where do we? Which hat do you want to start with? Well, like I just wonder what the conversation was. They're all standing backstage, and they're all like, "Shit, we're all wearing a hat." Uh, Stone, uh, Dave, you've got to take your hat off because otherwise we're like fucking idiots. <laughs> and they were like, "Wait, what?" And then they finally just gave in, and 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 maybe like um, Dave took off his. Stetson and uh, and Stone took off, or maybe it was a bandana. I can imagine like, Stone. Fine. I've seen Stone and Stetson. I think I don't. I, I don't recall seeing Dave in a hat ever. I mean, he must have at some point, but maybe a bandana. Maybe Dave was wearing the like. Dave strikes me as a bandana type bandana. Yeah, I was just thinking as a Texan. 
Mm, yeah. But I don't know, you know, there you go. Confederate so I, flag. <laughs> this is not facts. This is just a conjecture situation. This is my this is my theory because so Mike is wearing a very interesting uh, leather pillbox. Yeah, what is that? They were super popular. Do you remember they, they came in those like Indian fabrics, you know, Tibetan. It was a Tibetan hat. My friend Alison had one. It's my least favorite hat. But she didn't wear it right on her forehead like Mike is. She wore it like behind her kind of slightly quiffed, you know, you know. What was the early fringe hanging out? A little bit of like, fringe over okay, the front. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, and, and then it was kind of at the back and it was in that Tibetan fabric and I think her aunt had bought it for in Tibet, so that's why I'm saying Tibetan. Okay. Um, but yeah, his is like proper jammed on there, isn't it? Yeah. And it's leather, isn't it? It's leather. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely not oh, my favourite. Oh. We're missing the Obeth moment. <gasps> I find this slightly cringe. Oh no, I find it adorable. I don't know. So why is he saying Beth, Lily? Uh, because Angel Beth was his girlfriend at the time. And this happened like three days after they'd just come back from Germany. They'd been doing a European tour. And yeah, he was probably trying to get in her good books because he yeah. buggered off. Well, doesn't he say, hang on, do we get the spoken word bits here or not? I don't think so, no. Okay, yeah, so afterwards he says it's a little love song that he wrote to his surf- surfboard. And then he says, no, actually, it's about a person called... I think he says who I'm hopefully seeing tonight or after this or something like that he says so yeah see yeah he's like please don't be oh Oh, there you go oh that giggle (laughs) bless okay no they missed off half of that oh stay I say this every time but yeah it's my husband's way at the moment this is this is our song and because MTV Unplugged is one of the first things that we kind of bonded over him. I, 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 I should have asked him about this before he left, actually. But um, yeah, like when we started going out, this was one of the things that you know made us click. It helped. I think maybe it was his friend Terence that let <laughs> him the video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when we watched this together, is it not um, his blonde curtains that lured you in? Oh, the blonde curtains. <laughs> My mum was not a fan of those blonde curtains. Um, but yeah, so this since, I don't know, 1997, I think it would have been, um, has been our song and the one that was played. Well, we would have known oh, it because we'd seen singles. Um, the soundtrack had come out, obviously, in June, so we would have had that as well. So, I, yeah, I was super excited to see that they were playing this. And this is where Eddie takes his little... So it's like a baseball cap, but it looks mm. like a... It kind of looks like a canvas sous chef hat as well, because it doesn't have the... Yeah, it doesn't have the clip bit, you know, that most baseball oh, cats yeah, have. It's like that. Your head's got to be the right size then for that. Yeah. So I don't know why he starts with all his hair piled up inside, or maybe he didn't... Maybe he's trying to be taken seriously and not doing the, you know, having his yeah. gorgeous mane out. But then in like the... Um, when you're watching it on YouTube... Oh, I'm there's... sorry, he doesn't take it off here. He takes it off in a live. <gasps> have you got the video in front of you? I no, 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 I'm looking at my notes. I'm oh, like, okay. what am I talking about? That's not We true. should have this up in front of us. Uh, no, actually, no, then we'd just be like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dribbling. <laughs> not saying anything. But uh, there's a bit in... If you watch the extended version, you know, that one gets cut out on YouTube. Um, yeah. The one that has Rocky on it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a bit where they come on for the encore and he said he mentions the cap and I think it was a bear's cap that someone gave him. But he says really something it. about it. Because he, he's... But you can't see though, he can wears you? There's a photo shoots cap. as well. True. He definitely says something about a bear's cap. Unless that was a separate cap altogether, but someone gave him a bear's cap. Oh, maybe. And he's very sweet at the beginning because he says, oh, did Eddie and those three guys get in? So he's like checking yeah. on the audience. How cute is that? Like the other Eddie The least rock starry big timer ever. Not that this is a surprise to anyone who would listen to us burble on about Pearl Jam yet again. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time and it won't be the last time uh, under any circumstances, but... Oh God, this is special, special. And I love all the made up words in here. Like, so I've written, <laughs> I look like I've got a lot of notes here, but a lot of it is just um, my transcription of some of the lyrics. I've got, <laughs> just wait for that moment. Lots of AO, AO, AOs. Mm. The Hey Nana Nana bit is my favorite. This is where he's right. really loosening up, isn't it? He's like hitting his stride in this one. He's oh. already, he's in the zone. He's straight in there. He's just like, he's, he's here he is, here he is. Oh, 
does something. To yeah, me. he does a bit of a glaze on, doesn't he? And you yeah. know he's like just in his own little Eddie world. He starts getting those crazy eyes. He does it in a few of the songs. Yeah. But, oh, the crazy eyes just yeah. drive me wild. Um, apologies, <laughs> like you, you know, objectification is so 1990s. But I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I think it's because it's gonna he's, happen. He's feeling it. And if he's feeling it, you're feeling it. That's the thing, is the intensity of the whole performance. And this is probably, you know, you hear the single and it's a great, you know, it's live, right? And everyone's like, yeah, we love that song, blah, blah, blah. But then you see him perform it and he's just so into it and in his own little world. And, and it, you know, that's very compelling. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Apparently it's a song about being faithful. I think Eddie may have explained it that way some, sometime. He's like, I'm going off on tour, so Beth, Beth, <laughs> Beth. <laughs> Um, so I have recently discovered that there's um, the Gaslight Anthem did a cover of Sitting on Trust and Gaslight Anthem not ever really been on my radar I'm not going to pretend I know anything about them um, but I thought I need to check this cover out but I was really scared to do so because you know as you know State is one of my well possibly my most favourite I haven't heard it and I hate it already how about that well <laughs> you know I, I listened to it and it was it was fine I don't, I don't feel the need to listen to it again but I also didn't feel the need to rip my ears off so that's fine but I mean you can't you can't do it like Eddie does it no but I was curious and the the way I think so you know I love a a cover and when it's like a band that I like covering another song I absolutely love that and mainly it's you know I love it when they sort of do their own take on it so like Dinosaur Junior covering make it their own make it their own amazing and I think the reason that I didn't mind the Gaslight Anthem one is because they didn't try and make it their own. They they, they just did it straight. They were faithful, like, faithful. Yes, and I think that's what it needed. For a band that I'm not really familiar with, to cover State of Love and Trust, yeah. I needed them to not fuck about with it. And also, they didn't do any of Eddie's, you know, uh, AOAOs. And, they, and I think if they tried to do that... Yeah, they weren't aping. Yeah. Good. So, it was fine. Well Thanks. done, the Gaslight Anthem. I might check you out a little bit more. Very good. So, this was broadcast on the 13th of May, 1992. Uh, which oh, I've got completely smart. negates what I just oh, said. Oh, broadcast, sorry, yeah. Because I was like, oh yeah, we already had the soundtrack from Singers. We didn't have it because that came out on the 30th June, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Ignore me. That was a month later. But anyway, speaking, um, you know, in terms of talking about the location of um, all the unplugged, in my mind, MTV had studios, and that's where they did it. That's where it all took place. And I really didn't, I guess I never thought to ask a question, but anyway, I just assumed that there was one location, it's always the same, and they just make it their own with a backdrop of whatever they're looking for, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, they used a few places, didn't they? So they did, so yeah. Um, this is the one in Astoria. Okay. Um, which is just across the other side of the river from Manhattan. Um, and uh, apparently it was uh, originally a Paramount Studios that was bought out when they moved down to LA sometime in like 1930s and other people bought it and you know, movies are made there. Apparently at this time it's the only studio in New York that has an outside set that you can, you know, like a permanent, okay, cool. like brownstones or, or whatever. Is, is it the same New York studio that the Nirvana one was in? Then? No, it isn't. Okay. Uh, actually, it is um, the Nirvana film there's at Sony Studios. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I remember that. In New York City, and that was November 18th, 93, which is so funny, isn't it, that they did it actually a year and a half after Pearl Jam, which is, you just, it just seems so backwards given the popularity of Nirvana, they just... And the pressure was on, you know, after this, and they did something completely different, which we've already covered, and you can go back and check out Nirvana's MTV Unplugged, I mean, our take on it, in volume, I don't know, something or other. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere (laughs) there in the back catalogue. Oh my god, we can't remember everything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this took place at the Kaufman Astoria Studios. Yeah, apparently at midnight, uh... Apparently, after Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, I would love to have been and in and Mariah around Carey. that green room as Boys to Men are retiring and Pearl Jam are in oh. the wings with their hats on. <laughs> I would love to see that. Can you imagine? They must have been thinking, what the hell? Have mm. we come on the wrong day? Because clearly we shouldn't be here, you know? Isn't this the bit where, actually, I think it was just the, the instrumental bit earlier where Eddie just looks like he's got nothing to do, so he's just yeah, like kind he of does shaking the... his head and kind of yeah. hiding under his luscious locks. His awkward oh, 
head bob thing yeah. on a stool. Yeah, where normally he'd like, I don't know, air guitar in front of Stone or something. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. Stone, I'd like to mention, has gorgeous head of hair at this point. Oh, Stone is particularly got All of them. Just, well, Dave has so great hair. Dave has so. incredible hair. Yeah. Jeff's, oh, we haven't talked about. <gasps> oh, Strawberry Shortcake. Man, do you know what? I'm such an idiot. I did a Pearl Jam MTV Unplugged bingo sheet for us to do today oh, and I completely forgot to print it out I'll, do you know what I'll stick it on the Instagram by the way you've been chased up by some people on Instagram for not posting your spidergram from do you know what the dog I thought that this morning and I was like shit I need to locate that because I absolutely did do it and I think it's in it's in my notebook so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that up you need to do that it's been quite, quite a bit of love for uh, for that episode actually yeah we, we felt the love this week haven't we it was International it's Podcast good, Day. Hey, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I think yeah. we miss it more than we realised as well because we were like, oh, a bit rusty, but actually it was like, no, this is great. Let's get on. Thanks to everyone who's missed us. You know who you are. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, oh, this is everybody's favourite chief, isn't it? Women weep. The oh, beginning yes. bars of black in concert, don't they? Fucking hell. I'm one of them. Oh, that, that bit is pretty... pretty is this a bit? You know what's funny is that it, it kicks off here and like the audience aren't going crazy and that was my reaction when I was like reminding myself and watching it is like, you go to gigs now. Yeah. The minute they get a, just one bar of it, people are going fucking mental. Yeah, they don't know what's about to hit them. And yeah. they're just like, oh yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty good, yeah, yeah. You know, and they're just not. I mean, they probably get mobbed now. I mean, I don't even, I don't even want to think about what might happen if they attempted this. I think um, they missed out the bit where I think it's, isn't it, just after or just, just before Black that Ed, he says something about the crowds, the crowds applause. He, he jokes that um, he'd believe that it was legitimate if he hadn't seen them rehearsing it or something in the break. <laughs> he says something like that. He says, yeah. Oh, I don't trust you at all now. Way to break through that fourth wall there, Ed. Mm. <laughs> Possibly my favourite performance back on MTV Unplugged. Really? Over all the other Possibly. tracks on this? Are you serious? Possibly. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe a toss-up between this and State. Oh, God, but then there's Porch, Porch. as well. Oh, we'll come to that. No, maybe it's... Oh. This Porch is, is just... pretty damn good. Oh, but come on, this is just sublime. Oh, it's a gorgeous track. I have to say, it, it was never one of my favourites. And I do feel quite left out of the entire massive crowd of this. You know, I, I, it, it is fantastic, but I just... Have you no feelings, Lily? Of course I do. I have all of them. <laughs> oh! Okay, let's Gives not make goosebumps. me sing because Gives no me one goosebumps. will like that. And um, some excellent noises, again, from Ed here. I love it when he's just... There aren't words, it's just, ah, ah, he's feeling it. Yeah. Oh, and the We Belong Together bit that's coming. Yeah, he's being moved by the spirit. <sighs> oh, just the anticipation. This, oh, the surround. You know what was exciting hearing this? It was like we'd been listening obsessively to the album. Hearing him sing it a different way was exciting, yeah. you know? I know what's coming, I can't. Mike does a really cute little grin at some point during this during this song as well. You noticed? Can we can we just mention Stone's rolled up t-shirt sleeves? Yes. Oh. Yeah, this is peak Stone. Mm, really. Oh, got peak all of them. Come on. <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe not Mike. I think Mike rocks no, harder and looks better these days, actually. Yeah, Mike is. Yeah. Mike looks good. Mike I like his grey hair. He looks awesome. Yeah, it definitely way, wasn't my favourite at this speak, point. Speaking of like, because he's a lot more tatted up these days than he was, Mike, this is. Um, then I was like, oh yeah, I can never remember when we talk about Eddie's calf tattoo. What is it? And it's it's Earth First. What's that? You know, the, it's the symbol. It's like um, an eco group. Oh, right. Like a Greenpeace type okay. thing. Um, and it's like a, you know, a hammer and, and, and something else crossed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, um, let, me, let, me, let me just quickly Google that. And it came up with, apparently he was asked on Instagram how many tattoos you have, and he said two. And that was a fit? Leading us to speculate. Where's the other one? Oh, okay. Oh. Because I don't think it's visible. 
So answers on a postcard, because if you know, I wanna I wanna hear it. True. Let never me that no. Anymore. In fact, on Instagram, and keep me honest here, Hannah, because frankly, it's your fault that I didn't put the spidergram up Temple of the Dog. What? You didn't remind me. <laughs> Our fans reminded you. <laughs> fans. So. If you could please remind me to put up a picture of Eddie's leg tattoo to remind everyone that I want to know what his other tattoo is. I'll remind you, old lady. Okay. Unless it's Oh, did he have his like wedding band tattooed or something so he can wear it when he goes surfing? Is it something like that? I think. Hasn't he got love and hate tattooed on his knuckles? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I think he's got a butterfly at the base of his back. (laughs) A tramp stamp. No, he's probably got like Jill tattooed somewhere on his person, or like an ocean wave. No, that's every other. That's that's every pearl jam fan, isn't it? I have to say that is. um, If you're going to get a pearl jam tattoo, like a yeah, what would you get? Wave is is you know. People, if you know, you know, and if you don't, still a cool tattoo. You know what I mean? I don't know, I'll have to think about that. People sure love I to get put away. them up, don't they, on, um, they do. on their Facebook groups? They do, and I love uh, to see them. Yeah. Stick, stick men, very, very popular, obviously. I haven't seen any cringe Pearl Jam tattoos like, yet. Not like the old Tom York. <laughs> Full Eddie's face on your back. I bet someone has. Oh, and I want to see it too. Let's let deep dive that, because... You've got Eddie on your back, so there's a bit... Please. We could do an entire season on, like, rock and roll tattoos, because that is so much fun. There's an idea. <laughs> oh, oh, God, we, we chatted through the most beautiful bit. Oh, dear. <laughs> you gushed enough, okay? We had to cut you off at some point. Oh, and I, I'm sure... Because I wrote my notes as I watched the, the extended version on YouTube. While baking and drinking. I've got here... As he told me earlier... I've got in my notes at this point that he says, I just want to say you shouldn't be able to have you should be able to have a fucking abortion. But then I'm not sure it does come there because it would make more sense for it to come just before porch, wouldn't it? But anyway. Well certainly it was certainly in his mind. Well we'll get we'll get to that. I've got some things to say about But also that. MTV obviously said like, you know, no swears. Yeah. And so he, he senses himself when there are swears in songs, but he does swear in between songs. Well not to mention that's exactly why he Anyway. We'll talk yeah, about that we'll when get we get there. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, we mentioned that because um, for some reason, um, I think it says it on Amazon, you know, where you, you can go and you can buy the unplugged album. Um, it says that they were three days up coming out of their American tour, but I checked setlist, so that is not true. They were in Europe. Oh, so that is incorrect. However, Louder Sound did have um, that information. So big up to Louder Sound, who had a very interesting article actually about a book. Um, that this guy wrote um, about, well, basically about Pearl Jam. I've got the name here somewhere, I'll come back to that in a sec. But anyway, I was looking at where they played and it really made me laugh. Oh! They, so in England, this is really only kind of funny to English people. Oh my god, where was it? Imagine. Ashby de la Zoot. <laughs> they played Queen's Hall in Bradford, which is this dinky kind of like Victorian, like ta- beautiful town hall, you know, with a gorgeous it? stone. No, I looked it oh. up on Google. Google, 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 Google. They are not sponsoring this. Um, UCL in London, which is loads. Nevada played these loads of. Yeah, my, in fact, my That's old fair enough. chief exec but it was is tiny. The manager there, and I think when Nirvana played, actually, I think I think I saw Band of Horses there. I was pretty damn. I saw a bunch anyway, of things there. Yeah, this great this is the PS de Resistance. They played the Esplanade Club in Southend-on-Sea. Oh, amazing. Can you believe Pearl Jam have been to Southend? I love it. Love it. Well, they've I been to Dorking. Love it. So, you know, things have happened. They're recording in Southend is. I just love South that End. so much for yeah. them. And, you know, if I had, like, now, if I had one question for the band, it would be like, so how did you find Bradford and, and Southend? <laughs> and and they, they were in, like... Newcastle and you know it's just so weird to think of them in such tiny venues now you know because they're just like stadium dudes yeah does that still exist the Esplanade I don't know about the club but Southend why didn't they come to Brighton yeah I know gosh how rude they could have played the Hippodrome because I think it was open then Concord the Concord the The original Concord when it was upstairs and it just had this like round circular tower thing which by the way I don't even know what happened to that but I think I think it's, you know, where the harvester is. 
That's where it was. Well, it's not the archer anymore. It's uh, well, yeah. a fancy Soho house now. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. By the aquarium. That's still yeah. the aquarium, right? The sea life yeah. centre. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, see? You come back to Brighton, boys. You've missed out. I mean, well, it's too late now because, you know, they're just they're Never just too late. big for Brighton Never these days. Um, the Food Riders played at the Concord not even that long ago. I say That's not that long ago. It was madness. probably about 2002. My brother had good. tickets for that. I was gutted. Oh, I thought you were going to say he didn't go because that would be ridiculous. No, no, he didn't go. Um, anyway, I was talking about a book that uh, had some interesting facts about it. It is written by Ronan Giveney. It's called Not For You, Pearl Jam of the Present Tense. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. It came out in 2020. So Ben Ratliff, who is one of my favourite music journalists ever, thanks to the Kenny G um, <laughs> documentary. I still need to watch that. Oh my it's God, have you list. not? It's no, absolutely you told me about it. I really do need to watch it. Anyway, he, he had audits for it. So in my mind, I was thinking, well, this is fucking fantastic because Ben is just awesome. Uh, but then I read some of the Amazon reviews of the book um, one of them said quite simply the worst book I've read this century oh dear the author should have a long look at himself <gasps> in the mirror oh <laughs> and another one said uh, fantastic read but then another one said that the author calls Pearl Jam his guilty pleasure what which didn't sound like he's a fan if you're going to call him a guilty why, why would you feel that and uh, and says he clearly has a massive problem that's Mariah with Carey God. <laughs> don't be like that it was 1990. <laughs> I'm now. It's 22 years later. Um, anyway, whatever it is, it sounds entertaining. You know, either mm. you'll really, really hate it, or you know, some people really did hate it. Right, I'm going to ask Santa for that. Okay. So there's, uh, yeah, Ed mentions something about no cuss words, but he also says that they didn't say anything about no slamming. Do you know what slamming is? I know you're. Almost as musical as me. Apparently there's something in there. Slam- I don't know what that means. I don't know. I'm just... Anyone knows what that, any, anyone with any musical knowledge there who knows what slamming is? Isn't that mm-hmm. nice Mystified. Yeah. I was wondering how they would pull off even flow. I'm I not sure they really like, did. So, but listen to him. He, he still, he manages to summon the vibe of it on a fucking stool. Yeah. In a TV studio, a film studio. I mean, that's quite an achievement. They all did a great job. Particularly Mike, who wasn't very keen. Hats off to him. (laughs) Has he got his hat on at this stage? He doesn't have it on, I don't think. Okay. He does try and jam it back on his head at one point. Is that in Porch? He does a lot of stuff in Porch, doesn't he? Well, we'll get to that. No, I mean, I agree. They obviously do a stunning job in Even Flow, and Even Flow, in my mind, is, is always sunny. But... Yeah, well, it is their most performed song ever, isn't it? But I'm, I'm not sure they necessarily needed to perform it acoustically here. I've heard that Mike wasn't that keen on doing it, but it's, you know, he wasn't sure I how he was going to make it work. He did. This has always been but my favourite, so... Really? I mean, Un- like, when I had the album, I was like, oh my God, even though it's just... The okay, on, on Unplugged or just in general? No, it's just generally my okay. favourite, so, yeah, no, you know, cool. if they hadn't, I'm just saying that if they hadn't, I would have been... Yeah, I suppose they didn't have that many to pick from at this point in their career. Also, you know, this this invokes the stone head shake, which was, you know, so effective when he had all that hair. Enjoyable to watch. Oh, stony (laughs) wony. And we get more Eddie crazy eyes. Lots of crazy eyes in his flow here. Yeah, because he's channeling again, isn't he? Spirits moving within him again. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I... I love Even Flow always, and I love it on this. I just don't think it's compared to the other songs on MTV Unplugged. I don't think it's a standout. Mm. If only you'd have worked at MTV back in the 90s, they'd have appreciated you. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl Jam, on the other hand, would not have appreciated you trying to tread on the. I'm not going to skip flow. it. Like, I'd never <laughs> skip it, ever. But I, on, think, I think they knocked it out of the park. I, I really do. I don't think it loses anything. You know, like, if you're listening to this, you wouldn't know they weren't in a studio necessarily. You know, or a massive, you know, amphitheater or whatever. Oh, that was that amphitheater performance they did where they play the the outside amphitheater in Seattle. Oh, yeah, with all the... Was that around this time? That must have been 92 as well, no? Earlier. That's pre-Eddie Haircut. Sorry to gauge 
But you, you know, you can you can date things just by oh, you know absolutely. the members' hair. Oh, what is that amphitheater called? And if you've called? been, you know, following them as long as we have, <laughs> oh, it's you just, can yeah. you can work it out. So I'm amphitheater's 91. Okay, he's got that 91 hair, I think. And if it is 92, it's fucking early. Although they're outside and it's Seattle, so yeah. it's got to be summer, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Anyway, that was, that's just a yeah. What a belter of a performance. Yeah, love that. Um, and that, that's where they're all kind of, they're just, you have to, you have to admit that they're, they're quite a lot more polished at the MTV studio than they are at the amphitheater, you know what I mean? Like think about the clothes and the hair and the, you know, they're like embodying what became grunge in terms of visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Has Stephen got one of those funny uh, waistcoats during that performance? I can't remember now. Is it, is it, is it waistcoat The amphitheater, you mean? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. Hey, we haven't we haven't said anything. I got distracted by my bingo thing that I left at home. But um, strawberry shortcake hat. Yes, that's classic. Jeff, sort of collapsed top hat. Strong in, hat performance. In in what is it? It looks like it should be made of crushed velvet. <laughs> what is it made of? It's it's extraordinary. It's made of pure grunge. What do you call those hats? Like I still, all these years, I still don't know what you call that kind of a hat. Like Strawberry it's shortcake. It's a Jeff hat. Like yeah, but do they have a name? Like every other type of hat has a name. It's, yeah, you know what they remind me of is you know when um, you know when English people go to the Olympics and they've got those. They've got those Eugene Jack top hats, you know, in the, um, in the sort of furry yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? It's, it's like the, that that's collapsed. Yeah, it. sort of. It's a bit. Did you watch Blossom, the TV series Blossom? It was all. Yes. Yeah. So Blossom used to wear like a crushed velvet hat. Yeah, like but that. she used to have it turned up at the front with a stupid flower on it. I I hate that hat. Oh my god! I made myself a <laughs> Blossom hat at school in textiles in like year. Oh, year seven or something, and but mine was not crushed velvet. It was made of batik, batik that I made myself, batik denim, I think it was. Um, pictures, and please. I bloody love that hat. You have pictures time. then, yes? I don't know. If actually. you won't provide them, I'm asking your mum. <laughs> I bet I she don't does. Remember any pictures in that hat? Actually. Oh, 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 really? You don't? No. <laughs> I'm no. stalking your mum, finding out. I know she's got photo albums of everything. It, I, do you know what? I was very proud of that hat. I don't care. <laughs> Leave a message. Oh, so good. Oh, jacket's off now. Hot. Oh my gosh, and Dave A is on point right now as well. Yeah, well, they, you know, they're crescendoing at this point, aren't they? And uh, Eddie just goes full tilt, tilt feminist. God love him. Oh, fights for, fight for our rights. And there, there ain't going to be any middle anymore. That bit. Oh, yes. Crazy eyes. So good. Here we go, here we go. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, Has he started writing it? Has he started writing no, it? Yeah, no. I think that's in the um uh what what the do you call the break? Yeah, yeah, the the break in the singing. <laughs> the musical interview. Totally no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so professional. It's probably slamming at this point as well. I was <laughs> probably that's probably what it is. We wouldn't know. Um, so I think they're playing mandolins too, aren't they? In uh, that made me think of something when you said that. <laughs> I was going to talk a little bit about um, about their charitable work because they um, so obviously you know something's happened. This is this is where he's doing it. Um, something happened in 1992 that precipitated him to suddenly be extremely, you know, that this was in the forefront of his mind. So, indeed, I looked it up. Uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. The Supreme Court overturned the trimester framework in Roe v. Wade, making it legal for states to proscribe, that is, ban, abortion after the point of fetal viability, accepting instances that would risk the woman's health. So, it was very much... Um, something that was happening at that time and he was obviously very angry about it and um oh good job things that, have moved on 30 years later right? well Fuck it's very sake. smart of yeah. him because he knew that if he said some inflammatory things they just cut it out you yeah know, unless he starts screaming in the middle of the performance and then they could maybe pull the plug but what they can't do is take away the visual aspect of yeah. it this is one of their you know uh, album songs so he wrote it on his arm instead fucking genius yeah well done. there it's stayed for posterity but 
things haven't moved on very much. Yeah, he, and he came prepared. He brought that Sharpie out for that reason. So, you know, he... And the uh, way that he doesn't just write... It's like the, 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 the dots as well. Like, he's, like, properly, like, jabbing. And yeah, it's... Yeah, he's enraged, rightly so. And, yeah, once again, yeah, Pearl Jammer... Uh, saying what they think and, and so, involving politics. It's so funny when people get all weird about like, oh, don't tell me how to... They're not telling you. The songs have nothing to do with that. Is this before or after the... Because there were a bunch of... Uh, what were the... Like, there were a bunch of gigs that a bunch of, like, L7 and Nirvana and, like, whole... Like, there were loads of bands Oh, that like, Rock the Vote and stuff. Yeah, but it was one of, It was one about abortion, wasn't it? It was, it was about... Wasn't like there pro-choice ones? There were. I'm sure we've talked about them on this before I mean, well. probably. It certainly wasn't before this because they'd been in Europe. Um, and before that, they were doing dates all around America, although it could have happened. I didn't see that on set list, but um, I'm sure there were a bunch of them, maybe Chili Peppers and stuff as well. I'll, yeah, I'll look at Yeah, I mean, everyone answers. was, it, you know, when you consider that there'd probably never been as many women in rock yeah. as there were at this point in terms of, I mean, when you think about it, it's probably only, it's like Heart and Cher, and Cher wasn't really rock, she just wore leather, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Oh, and actually, do you know what? There's um, uh, that's quite well timed because there's there's a I'd almost forgotten. I think it's tomorrow it comes out on Bandcamp. There's um, like an abortion. It's got a name. It's like, uh, but Josh Klinghoffer's Pluralone has got a track on it. REM's got a track on it, or maybe it's just Michael Stipe. Um, yeah, I've seen it on Instagram, and I put a mental note in my diary in my head to buy it tomorrow on Bandcamp. Is it not plural one? Is it what? I'm, I've just never heard it said before. What? Josh Klinghoffer. Is it not plural one? Oh, maybe it is. No, I don't know. Shit, I don't I know. I just assumed it was, but this is now you said it differently. Now I don't know. <laughs> I've only ever said it in my head too. Plural <laughs> one. Yes. Maybe it is. Oh my god. I just never heard anyone say it, I don't think. Because you no. want to see it written down. <gasps> I don't know. Oh gosh. We'll have to, we'll have to find out. In the meantime. Oh, what's it called? Um, Oh, yeah. Wet Leg or... Oh, here we go. It's got Pearl Jam, Wet Leg, uh, Mac DeMarco, Death Cab for Cutie, David Bernadivo. Hang on, is this a... Yeah, October the 4th, 2022. Shit, Rolling and Stone. we just we just lost out on seeing Wet Leg. They'd sold out. They were doing yeah. an, an outdoor gig. gig. Oh, yeah, so it so comes out tomorrow, Friday the 7th. Uh, so it's already out, if you're listening to this, folks. Uh, in fact, yeah. Uh, it's called Good Music to Ensure Safe Abortion Access to All. So, buy that, everybody. Liberation, liberate abortion, oh, that's what it's got. Yeah, I've seen it on Pearl Jam's um, Instagram. Yeah, so back in the day, we thought this was it. This was the end of the... Um, well, it bloody should have been the end of it, shouldn't it? But, what do you mean? Well, I mean, we shouldn't still be having to have these arguments because everybody should have access to safe abortion. Oh, no, but... I just meant the end of the implant oh. gig. <laughs> I was like, I see. I never realised you hated you rocking really in the free world so much. <laughs> like, what shit? Wow. Wow. Like suddenly, like some right wing arsehole. Someone hates Neil Young. <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh, there were still more things to say about Porch, though. Oh yeah, don't worry. Yeah, except lies because you cut really something out. MTV, you bastards. Really good on plugs now. Yeah, no, so apart from... So obviously, like, Porch is his usual, like, hanging off the rafters yeah. and all of this kind of stuff, and he just he can't do that, but... He, he needed to do something. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, a, he's like a hyperactive child, isn't he? And absolutely love it, love him for yes. it. Yes. But, yeah, so once he finishes writing on his arm, he, he, like, stands on his stool, doesn't he, and then jumps off. Oh, and yeah, sorry about that. Nasty. My ears vibrated. I didn't realise I was going to do that, otherwise what I What was I that? It was uh, swapping... So that we can bring you Rockin' in the Free World uh, from Unplugged. Nice. Direct from uh, <coughs> YouTube. Um, nice. Because it's difficult to get other places, so sorry if yeah. it sounds a bit shit. But anyway, um, we're just trying to keep it 100 on the old Unplugged button. Yeah. So yeah, oh, bless. He, doesn't he surf on his stool at some point as well? He's like, <laughs> he like lies on his stool. And, and he's like holding his belly as well. Like he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Oh dear, I'm what? so sorry. What is that? Is that an advert on YouTube? Amazon has jumped in. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone, I'm sorry about that. So professional. Hang on, now I'm confused. Is so this, this is Rockin' the Free World. We've gone, we've gone back in time. I know what we're gonna play. 
They make it sound as if they've just like decided on the spot that they're going to play this. Yeah. Well, yeah, Eddie, you do know what you're going to play because you did probably rehearse it. this. Um, yeah, Jeff doesn't wear that vest anymore, does he? You know, it's Which, like oh, a, it's like a proper it's a basketball, tank top, white yeah. beatery. Yeah. yeah, not tank top. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, I guess it's kind of, but it's like that looser. You know, maybe like last scene on Tommy Lee. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, because yeah, people forget this. Well, some people, I guess, they're too young to know. But you know, hair rock was just masculine toxicity in a band. You know, it was all about um, doing drugs and drinking Jack Daniels on stage and shagging birds and just no respect at all. You know, women were there uh, to to be sort of you know objectified and uh, used up and thrown away pretty much yeah but Pearl Jam well not just Pearl Jam all the grunge guys really all of the yeah the the, all of it. the yeah alt generation had just had enough of that shit and it just it was like you know you don't need to that to to make good music like, you don't have to be toxic yeah goodbye cock rock it was so refreshing at the time and you know for him to like be sort of standing up for women's rights I mean that was huge and bands didn't get political then either I mean you had like well people expected women to do it yeah. you know and it was almost left to women all that their thing you know why would we get involved with that but Pearl Jam you know have proven over the last 30 years they'll fight for anyone they find is getting stepped on by the man and that's why we bloody love them yeah or what yeah if, if bands got political before this it, like, I suppose there was um uh, what's his name? D. What's it? Out of um, Twisted Sister. But that, that was like kind of yeah, quite sense. self-serving stuff. It was about censorship. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm great not saying no one ever did it wasn't any. about yeah, yeah, yeah. They certainly weren't you know pro-choicing. Well, they certainly they were. No one was really going out of their way if it didn't affect them directly. Yeah. So that's very cool. And maybe we do have Beth uh, to thank for you know. Saying, I hope you're going to do something about that. I hope you're going to say something about that. But I think Eddie's always um, stood up for the little man, and even when he was one. Some woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the little person, should I say? In today's parlance, I am the worst of the worst. <laughs> you are. Um, um, I was going to mention, yeah. So they founded Vitalogy Foundation in 2006, um, in which they act as both donor and advocate. The bands, I mean, they they literally will do everything and anything um, that inspired fans to uh, start the Wishlist Foundation which well, is fan run they and non-profit yeah like they um, donate to food banks and stuff they dedicate yeah. yeah they're dedicated to supporting Pearl Jam's charitable and philanthropic goals so you know their philanthropy is inspired philanthropy of their philanthropy which is pretty unbelievable passing That's it on isn't amazing. it yeah. uh, the home shows supporting the homeless Stone supports American Forests and uh, other aquatic environmental charities, female um, rights, reproductive rights, um, loads of medical research charities, the EB Foundation, Jeff builds skate parks for underprivileged kids and supports um, Native uh, American land rights, and Mike supports IBS charities, Matt Cameron donated 30 grand uh, to various charities on his birthday recently which is pretty epic of him. Um, and also, like, like you were saying about the Wishlist Foundation, um, I'm sure there are more than these as well, but like, you know, Pearl Jam Scotland, we, were, we, you know, we met some of the guys um, uh, this year. They do a lot of um, fundraising stuff with not just their, you know, Pearl Jam tribute acts, but other like grunge tributes. They've raised a lot of stuff and there's Given to Live as well, fantastic charity. That yes. Yeah, we talked about that. Probably Check out, yeah. two Pearl Jam pods ago. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, back to, to this track that we've spoken all over. Um, no, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little bit of info about it. Do you know, do you know what Rocking in the Free World is actually about? Sorry, you can Michael hear them shouting out. Because like... no one mentions who the host was. They mentioned on the other ones. Who was the host? I don't know, because it doesn't say. Oh. It could have been um, a, a woman uh, did quite a lot of them. Hmm. So yeah, obviously Pearl Jam covered Rocking in the Free World countless times. Um, I've never really thought too hard about what it's actually 
about, you know? I suppose on the surface it seems quite obvious. Um, but it came out in 1989. And at the time, um, in the US, George Bush was president. In Germany, the Berlin Wall was about to come down. In Iran, Ayatollah Khomeini um, had just issued a, a fatwa on Salman Rushdie. Um, and the Gulf War was just about to kick off. So, so Neil Young was on tour with The Restless and he was chatting to his guitarist Frank um, San Pedro about the state of the world. Um, and apparently there was supposed to be this cultural exchange between the US and Russia. And Crazy Horse and Neil Young were um, supposed to go to Russia and the Russian ballet was supposed to go to the States. Um, but the Russian promoter apparently pulled out at the last minute, sort of ran off with all the money. So they were, you know, kind of gutted about that. Um, and talking about it, and uh, Frank San Pedro said to Neil, well, you've just got to keep on rocking in the free world. And Neil said, you've got to write a song with that in it. So um, the next morning, apparently he presented this song and uh, and that was it. And they, they performed it live for the first time, uh, or Neil Young and the Restless did, on February 21st, 1989, in Seattle, with no prior rehearsal. Oh, speaking of Salmon, how are they doing? Speaking of it, oh, Salman Rushdie. I, yeah, I, th- I thought right. he recovered because he was, what, he was shot, wasn't he? He was in, stabbed. He was on, stabbed, that was it. I, yeah. I thought he might lose an eye, but I didn't actually know if he did or not. That poor man. I He's mean, been through God. a lot. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers, Salman. <laughs> That was. I think uh, he's out of the woods now. Yeah, no, well, he's still alive, but uh, bloody hell. Yeah, because he was on, wasn't he on life support for it? Like, it was a bit of touch and go for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think he got, like, stabbed in the abdomen. Yeah, well, liver or kidney he's or 75. That man has has uh, has taken some hate. I've never actually read Satanic Verses. I read Midnight's Children and had to do that at university, but I've never actually uh, read Satanic Verses, have you? No, I haven't. Uh, I think he's all right. Well, that's so. that's good. That's good. Well, <laughs> uh, where can you find us, Hannah, if you wish to know more information about us? <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Society of the Podcast, also the same at Facebook. Um, we are on Twitter, SomaGXP. We are. You can send us a voice message on Anchor FM. You can, and you should. Why don't you do that? <laughs> Please do that. We'll make a. We'll make a big fuss about it. I swear. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. I'm off to go and find um, that spidergram. I did a temple of the dog. Um, Hannah, you're about to have a lovely uh, jammy dodger. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I need a wee. I know you, you, lovely. you asked me well, before charming. we started. <laughs> but uh, yeah, crossing my legs now. <laughs> well, on, it's all that lovely tea you made me. <laughs> on that happy note. Uh, see you next time. Sayonara. Bye.